here effectively there was a security breach caused by one employee of the council was in a relationship with the estranged husband of somebody who was on the council's social care database. She had no business reason or no reason for the purposes of her uh, employment by the council to access this individual's records, but she accessed information. This episode of Live with GDPR, Jonathan Armstrong and Tom Fox take up the issue of a rogue employee. In the case we look at, an employee accessed information that she had no uh, reason to do so, and there were adequate protections to prevent her from doing so, absent extraordinary conduct by the employee. We're going to have a quick word from our sponsor, and then we'll be back with Life with GDPR. Jonathan Armstrong, co-founder and partner at Quarterly Compliance in London. Jonathan, first of all, welcome back. Thanks very much, Tom. Jonathan, one of the most ubiquitous terms in all of compliance is not something that is written about as much, but it's certainly said, particularly in the general counsel's office and corporation, that's the rogue employee. That's someone who has done bad things and the corporation should not be responsible for it. But we've recently had that exact conversation come up in the context of data privacy, data protection in the United Kingdom. Could you set the stage for us? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So in uh, 2020, the UK Supreme Court looked at a case uh, involving a supermarket called Morrison's, and they effectively said that an employer could be liable for data breaches caused by their employees. Although in that particular case, um, Morrison's weren't liable because the court effectively found that they you know they weren't involved in that employee's uh, conduct and the same sort of principles have come before the UK uh, or the England and Wales high court recently in a case called Alley and Luton Borough Council and here effectively there was a security breach caused by one employee of the council Effectively, she um, was in a relationship with the estranged husband of somebody who was on the council's social care database. She had no business reason or no reason for the purposes of her uh, employment by the council to access this individual's records, but she accessed information about this individual and her family, and then she gave the information to her partner, who was the estranged husband of that individual. And it seems that the employee took photographs of uh, screens, uh, and she printed a document containing the information, and then either sent or showed the information to the estranged husband. And the individual in question found out about this from members of their community who told her that her husband was uh, telling tales about her. 
the individual made a complaint to the council. They undertook an investigation. They dismissed the rogue employee. And the rogue employee was charged with a criminal offence under the UK Computer Misuse Act. She pleaded guilty. She was sentenced to three months imprisonment, which was suspended for 12 months. And she was ordered to do 150 hours of unpaid community service. And then the victim of all of this brought proceedings against the council. And she said that the council was responsible under a principle called vicarious liability, where an employer can be liable for an employee's actions. And she claimed just over £6,000, about $8,000 in compensation. The council denied liability. And the court decided effectively that the employee wasn't engaged in the council's business. There was no connection with the council's business, whether misguided or not. The council had given the rogue employee the opportunity to access the data, but this wasn't what she was meant to be doing. And uh, if the employee had disclosed her connection with the victim, then the court heard that the council would have restricted her access to those records. And the court effectively said that this employee was just pursuing her own agenda, presumably to get closer to her partner and to serve his interests rather than the council's. And they used a well-worn phrase, uh, well-liked by the UK judiciary, saying that she'd been on a frolic of her own and that her wrongful conduct was not so closely connected with the acts that she was authorised to do that the council should be responsible. So the case, uh, as a result, was dismissed. And there are a number of takeaways, of course, for employers in that situation. Firstly, of course, you've got to be clear with employees uh, what is and is not expected of them. Secondly, you've got to try and restrict data on a need-to-know basis. And thirdly, I'm slightly surprised that there wasn't an argument that the uh, council didn't employ adequate measures to protect the data. I know that some organisations, for example, ban cell phones uh, on desks where sensitive data can be showed on screen to stop people photographing it. Some of them restrict printing and they might use software uh, to do that, uh, particularly with very sensitive files. And some of them allow employees to have cell phones in the work environment, but in sealed bags that uh, disable the camera element. And I think for many organizations, they will want to look at those measures, particularly where there is really sensitive information on the database. But I think on a wider level, I think the case does show, again, as we've said before, we've talked about this recently on our podcast, Tom, that courts are reluctant to see low-value data breach cases uh, before them. They are wary of uh, the floodgates opening, particularly with the availability of insurance policies that are allowing these relatively trivial cases to be brought. And I suppose in some respects, 
the case is welcome in that it's setting out clearer rules for when an organization will be responsible for rogue employees. Maybe lose your eligibility for workers' compensation benefits or your employer may not be very cariously liable. How's that for some lawyer in a first first rate? Um, <laughs> the um, I'm not sure. Well, I know we used this phrase in previous podcasts, bad facts make bad law. And it seemed to me there were some pretty egregious facts here from um, uh, the um, point of the uh, individual employee and the actions she took yeah. uh, that probably uh, were moving towards being outside the course and scope of her employment. But your last point, I think, is the one that I'm kind of stuck on, which is kind of adequate procedures, adequate procedures to uh, prevent or detect this type of conduct and adequate procedures uh, to remedy this type of conduct, none of which seem to be apparent here. But the larger question I wanted to pose to you is, really on uh, the shifting of risk. Because if your data is leaked, um, should you bear that consequence if if it's a rogue employee or should the company? Uh, That seems to me to be almost a policy decision. Um, And uh, courts kind of overlaying this uh, frolic course and scope of employment and vicarious liability construct over that uh, just seems to me to be a little bit antithetical to GDPR or whatever we should call the, the the British data protection, data privacy law now. Yeah, I think you're right to an extent. And I have had this concern about this case, Ali, and, and the Morrison's case before it. Um, I think sometimes lawyers are reluctant to look at technical measures to prevent harm. And, you know, some lawyers just aren't experienced in this space and for some smaller cases it might be hard to justify an expert to look at where that bar should be set but I'd be interested in almost looking at both of these cases from a primary liability perspective with technical specialists you know we know that there are good software products out there that can detect rogue behaviors or at least flash them to somebody in the organization to say this behavior looks different and as i've said there are things like access controls that can be set up to say you know this bunch of employees are allowed to look at social care records because that's job relevant but somebody in finance or somebody in hr might not have those permissions to look at at people that the council is dealing with. And I don't know enough to know whether primary liability was looked at in either of those two cases. But as an outsider looking in, it seems that they would be slightly easier cases to bring than the vicarious liability, which, uh, and we both love the word, uh, relies on effectively the claimant proving that the employee was not on a frolic of uh, his or her own. And, and, and they're quite difficult cases to prove versus primary liability, where GDPR does set the bar pretty high. You have to take, as our regular listeners will know, appropriate technical and organizational measures to protect the data. And where the data is of a particularly sensitive date, uh, uh, 
basis, you know, about somebody who's vulnerable and their vulnerable children, then I think that's a pretty high bar. And it's interesting, I think, to see if the result might have been different if the case was brought on a different basis. Is the Morrison's case still kicking around or do we have final resolution on that case? Yeah, uh, I, I believe final resolution. I don't believe that the uh, that the uh, claimants are still pursuing the case. Obviously, the Supreme Court's as high as you can get unless you can prove that there's some issue of European law and, and get it in front of the ECJ. But in any event, the way in which the system works is it would more commonly be a referral from the East, from the Supreme Court to the ECJ and back again. That didn't happen in this case. So I suspect that the case has gone unless they're going to try and re-argue it uh, as a primary liability case. Well, uh, the defense of the rogue employee lives. So with that, Jonathan, uh, we're unfortunately at the end of our time, so I look forward to continuing this conversation. Thanks very much, Tom. This is Tom Fox again. Hope you've enjoyed this episode of Life with GDPR, and I hope you'll join Jonathan Armstrong and myself again on this podcast series. I hope you will check out the latest edition to the Compliance Podcast Network, Presidential Leadership Lessons for Today's Business Leader, which has premiered on the Compliance Podcast Network. Also check out Design Thinking in Compliance, where Karsten Tams and myself continue our exploration of how you can use the social engineering tool of design thinking to increase the engagement effectiveness of your compliance program. Life with GDPR is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.